Interpretation of the Ritual of the Third Degree My brother, you have been raised to the sublime degree of Master Mason. It is indeed sublime, a degree. One may study for years without exhausting its lessons. Any interpretation must necessarily be only a hint, yet a hint may stimulate you to reflect upon it for yourself and to study it more thoroughly in the future. In the first and second degrees, you were surrounded by the symbols of the, and emblems of architecture. In the third degree, you found a different type of symbolism, one that speaks the language of the soul, of life, its tragedy, its triumph. To recognize this shift in emphasis is the first step in interpretation. Recognize that the ritual of the third degree has many meanings. Its lessons is not intended to be finished and closed, but an inspiration to awaken all of one's faculties. Like any great drama, painting, or symphony, one may always return to the third degree and find new meanings. This degree has many interpretations, each one true. Essentially, it is a drama of the immortality of the soul, setting forth the truth that although a man may wither away and perish, there is always a part of him which never dies. In the language of the craft, we say that a man is initiated and entered apprentice, passed a fellow craft, and raised a master mason. Thus, it is the raising that most masons find at the center of the master mason degree. What does this raising signify? The answer is the key to the other meanings of the degree. In the life of a man, he deals with many experiences. Some are associated with his passage from childhood through manhood to old age. Others are associated with the life of the body, such as hunger, sleep, weariness, senses, feelings, and moods. Still others have to do with religion, worship, God, the meaning and purpose of life. There are those which have to do with a man's work, his trade or occupation, how he makes a living for himself and his dependents. There are those which center about his life in the community, a social being, a neighbor, a citizen. For a man to be happy, he must be able to live in and to deal with each of these groups of facts, circumstances, realities, and experiences. Now it is probable that the most difficult of all these to deal with, one not mentioned above, are those made up of the evils of life, among which are such hard experiences as sin, defeat, suffering, disease, pain, loss of friends or fortune, hostility, treachery, crime, wickedness, sorrow, and death. Herein lies our greatest problems, 
our most trying ordeals, our severest testing, if we can find the wisdom to deal with these negative influences, if we can triumph over them and solve the problems they cause, our characters will be made stronger and our happiness will be assured. Life demands each of us to ask this question. What am I doing about evil in myself and in my world around me? If we fail to have the right answer, the worst of all penalties is enforced upon us. Let us carry this further. Evil comes to us in two forms. It may be brought upon us by our own acts, or it may be brought upon us through no responsibility of our own. When evil comes upon a man by his own acts, we feel that any consequences are his just compensation. But what of the evil that comes upon a good man? Evil in the form of tragedy is set forth in the drama of the third degree. Here is a good and wise man, a builder, working for others and giving work to others, the highest work we know because it is dedicated wholly to God. Through no fault of his own, he experiences an evil tragedy at the hand of his friends and fellow masons. Here is evil, pure and unalloyed, the stark picture of all human tragedy. How did the craft meet this tragedy? The first step was to impose a penalty on those who had the will to destroy. They had to be destroyed themselves, lest another tragedy follow. The greatest enemy of man is that which makes war upon the good. To that enemy, no quarter can be given. The next step was to discipline and to pardon those who acted not out of an evil will, but out of weakness. Forgiveness is possible if a man himself condemns the evil he has done, since in spite of his weakness he retains his faith in the good. The next step was to recover from the wreckage caused by the tragedy whatever of value it had left undestroyed. Confusion had come upon the craft. Order was restored. Loyal craftsmen took up the burdens dropped by the traitors. The nature of such tragedy is that the good suffer for the evil. It is one of the prime duties of life that a man shall toil to undo the harm wrought by sin and crime. Else in time the world would be destroyed by the evils that are done in it. But what of the victim of the tragedy? Here is the profoundest and most difficult lesson of the drama. Difficult to understand. Difficult to believe if one has not been truly initiated into the realities of the spiritual life. Because the victim was a good man, his goodness rooted in an unvarying faith in God. That which destroyed him in one sense could not destroy him in another.
the spirit in him rose above the reach of evil. By virtue of that spirit, he was raised from a dead level to a living perpendicular. Let us imagine a genuinely good man who has been the victim of a tragedy. Let us imagine this to have been one of the most terrible kinds of tragedy, one caused by the treachery of friends. Let us further imagine that this treachery has brought destruction upon one of the foundations of his life, his home, his reputation, or his ability to earn a livelihood. How can he be lifted above it? How can he be raised above the clutch of such circumstances? How can he emerge as possibly a happier man than he was before? By his spirits rising to the level of understanding, forgiveness, and resignation, a refusal to stoop to retaliation or to harbor bitterness, in such a spirit as this the truest happiness is found. The secret of such a power is in the third degree, symbolized by the word. If that word is lost, a man must search for it. If a man possesses that word, he has the secret of the Masonic art to rise to the height of spiritual life is to stand on a level above the reach of tragedy or the powers of evil. To have one's spirit rest in God, to have a sincere and unwavering faith in truth and goodness is the royal art, the inner secret of a master mason.